It's just this set of quintuplets that together make up a single Spice Girl. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for another episode of Video Games Hot Dog. Sorry. About what Kevin just did. Kevin, you're hurt. I am. You're injured. I'm wounded. You fucked yourself up carrying a pinball machine. I, no, uh, carrying it was fine, honestly. It was trying to move it the last three inches. It's always the last, like, couple of inches that causes the problem. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Anyway, your back is all fucked up, but I'm sorry. I can't help but feel responsible for that. I, I mean, in in certain certain cultures, you would have been It was my culpable. pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. It was your it was your pinball machine and, and convention, but it was my my dowry from when I married that arcade. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we put on Zapcon this yeah. past weekend. Zapcon and it was great. It seems like almost nothing has happened other than Zapcon since yeah. uh, the last time we recorded because we went home the night after we recorded last time, yeah. and then that following morning we went and moved arcade machines for a full day, all day, and then another day. No, I stayed home that day. Oh, well, more machines were moved the I next begged day. off a lot of work. I said, you know what? I will pay for this with one condition. I don't want to move any arcade machines. So I've only spent five entire days moving arcade machines <laughs> yep. since the convention began. But it was a real success. Yeah. There were it a lot of people great. there. Yep. Met some video games hot dog fans. Hello to you. I think... It is possible that there were as many as 1,200 people there, if you include kids as people. I do. (laughs) Do you include the guests of machine contributors as people? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm including everybody from vendors and contributors and staff. Do you consider fans and singers of the Bush single Machine Head to be people? Yes. Then there were at least four people there. Okay. Good. It was great. Uh, Zapcon is a classic arcade and pinball convention, in case this is, for some random reason, the first episode of this podcast that you're listening to. Can you call it classic when there's only been two? The convention is not classic, but the arcade and pinball games are classics. I'm guessing he understood that and was making a joke. Are you also, you understood that that's what he was doing and you're making the joke that you didn't understand? Okay, good. But I was was taking the time to explain it to the audience. And now... It was super meta. Uh... Yeah, it it was great. Uh, I played a lot of Atari. I I had forgotten how much I loved <clears throat> the game Demon Attack and how many hours as a kid I spent playing that, hoping that eventually something else would happen. But it doesn't. It just it, start, does. it, just, it just repeats the same cycle over and over and over again. It's um it's got that weird feature where the bullet has the same X position as the that is the ship only on game option number three really yeah the initial game option it has the bullet that shoots independently and that's much harder um, because there are enemies that their bullets follow with the same X position <laughs> uh, as their ship there's a lot of exposition there's, there's a lot of diegetic bullets yeah <laughs> um and so because of that, if you don't have the same advantage, you're screwed. Hmm. Uh, but that's one of the options. That's one of the... I, I, had, I had forgotten how many uh, optional game modes most Atari games had. Yeah, like, a lot of... Uh, combat has like 30 different game modes. A lot, of, a lot of little dip switches that you can trigger by hitting that... Uh, you know, they're virtual dip switches. Sure, sure. Um, it's like that Jamiroquai song. 
Yes. Mm. Uh, they uh, in the manuals sometimes it would list them. Sometimes it lists them on the cartridge. Yeah. But then once they replace the text cartridges with art cartridges or artridges, um, you, you lost some of that. Frogger was very popular. Was it? Yeah. Mm. A lot of times people were playing Frogger. Huh. Uh, a lot of Donkey Kong. Okay. Which the Atari port of Donkey Kong, pretty good. Atari port of Pac-Man is terrible. Yeah, really. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's really bad. It's not. The port of Joust was really good. Yeah, the port of I Joust. I remember that. <laughs> the port I didn't of play Joust. that. The port of Joust. Yeah. Um, it's a sort of a later Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. I think there were some neat games that came later in the lifetime of that console. More chips started being on the mm. cartridges, and so right. they started being capable of more stuff. I ordered a bunch of specific games for next year. Pitfall, I think, was pretty popular. I saw a lot of people. Yeah, but there was only one Pitfall cartridge. The thing is, I bought for for Zapcon's Atari Lounge. Um, my mom made a whole bunch of beanbag chairs, so that was pretty great. They're good beanbag they were, chairs, They are good too. beanbag chairs. Riff was sitting in one playing Dark Souls earlier. Yep. Um, Not on the Atari. No. <laughs> the Atari port of Dark Atari, Souls is yeah, terrible. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just Adventure was the Atari port of Dark Souls. Okay. Adventure is the progenitor of Dark Souls. Somebody get this freaking duck away from me. Uh, I don't remember if we even had any copies of Adventure at it. So basically, I didn't... I used some of my old Ataris, Dragon but I didn't Fire? use any of my old games. Was that the oh, I didn't have any of my old games because I sold them all at a garage sale when I was a foolish youth. Mm. We also didn't keep any of your old games. Yeah. I let you sell them all because we had when we had our garage sale, I had two f- probably functioning Ataris and 40 or 50 games. Yeah, you were a rich kid. And I didn't stop you from selling them because Zapcon was not even a gleam in anybody's eye yeah, this at was that like moment. Three years ago, back, yep. in the, back in the early days of our... <laughs> Friendship. Zapcon went from eye gleam to second annual execution in an alarmingly short period of time. Because you guys decided to do it on your way back from California Extreme. Yeah. So there was that. So there was that July or June. 2012. Right. And then we put we put on the first one in 2013. It was like nine months from deciding to do it to it actually happening. Thanks to the tireless efforts of Wes. Cleveland and Rachel Bess. Yeah. Noted lady, Rachel Bess. Noted gentleman, she's, West she's Cleveland. She's been on this podcast. Oh, and also West Cleveland's uh, uh, partner, <laughs> Cleveland Wesley. Rachel Bess was probably the first guest on this podcast, wasn't she? On Video Games Hot Dog, wasn't she? No, she was on... She was on, she was on Advice Hot Dog. Advice West, Hot West Dog. was on Video Games Hot Dog. Okay. She was not on Video Games Hot Dog? I don't think so. She does not play a lot of video games. She does. She plays a lot of clacks. She would play a lot of clacks if she were allowed. Yeah. Anyway, this Atari lounge was pretty good. There were four televisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I acquired at a total cost of two dollars. Yeah, that's that <laughs> was crazy to me. One of them has a plaque on top of it oh, that so says, "Good." What does it I have, say? I have a it says, of "Okay." It. Actually, I can it look says, it, like, specific it is text. a. It's like someone was given Twitter. this television as a retirement gift. Yeah. From. The Stone Container Company. And I don't know if that's like, you know, Sly and the Family Stone opened a container company or if this is a company that makes stone containers. And does that mean things that contain stone? Like this is a shoebox for stones. The plaque says in quotations, thanks for a job well done. And then there's a line and then 1987 and then another line and Stone Container Corporation and the logo. 
We and, joked that somebody got this as a retirement present like last year. It was like, when we hired you, we bought this television and we <laughs> held on to it for you. I also joked that they were just thinking, they, they just had a really good year and so they wanted to thank the year. <laughs> okay. And they just bought this television, put the plaque on it and just threw it off a bridge. <laughs> Ended up in a river. And Way to go, nineteen eighty-seven. It landed in a, it landed in a, some some reeds. <laughs> uh, what what was Moses in? A basket. Uh, a basket. Uh, yeah, a bundle. Sure. Yeah. Did, was he was he in a bulrushes or did he land in a bulrushes? I, I don't even know what a bulrushes is. Is that like a cattails? That's like when the bailiff from Night Court's in a hurry. Okay. That's probably like a cattails. Does anybody have cattails anymore? I saw some girls at the hotel wearing foxtails. Mm-hmm. There was also a prom going on. Oh, yeah. The, I think it was two proms. The first night of ZapCon. Do you think it was two proms? I think it was two. Uh, from from bits and pieces that I overheard prom officials talking about, it seemed like maybe it was two schools hmm. having a giant combined prom. There was just like a middle-aged fat video game guy saying, the only proms I'm interested in are the EPROMs on this JAMA board. Did that, someone really say no, that? No, oh. no. I just imagine someone saying it okay. right now. There were <laughs> there were a couple of adventurous prom kids that came in and talked to us in one of the Zapcon rooms. We figured I figured I would let a handful of those kids in. We also talked to them. I asked one gay kid why all of the men at the prom smelled so bad. It didn't occur to me that maybe like a high school kid doesn't understand that you're supposed to wear deodorant. That's surely not a thing for 17-year-olds. You could gag a maggot with the B.O. of that crowd. That. Was it isolated to specific individuals, or was it just the fact that there were a bunch of sweaty kids in formal wear in Phoenix? And, but they were indoors in Phoenix. They were indoors like, now, but they had to like get to the, the now, convention. This, they had been hall. inside for a long time. They smelled bad, and it was but improper been grooming. dancing or... No excuse. Okay. That kid, for instance, the one that I was talking to, said, I'm wearing like 12 different kinds of cologne. And I said, you know, that's maybe a little excessive, but it does work. You mm. don't smell like ass. <laughs> maybe maybe all the other guys were just got the wrong combinations. Okay. They got 12 colognes, but they were colognes that canceled each other out. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like when you get one of every soda and it just tastes like oh, nothing. yeah, yeah. That doesn't taste like nothing. It just tastes like just gross tastes ass. It's like sugar yeah. garbage. Like okay soda. <laughs> yeah. Like the the product, okay soda. Yeah, is that what that tasted like? Kind of. It, it was, was like, like a suicide. It was kind of like a suicide. It was kind of like an orangey coke. Gross. It was not the. I mean, it was not good. It was okay, <laughs> right? Like mm, mm, huh. that was their deal. Yeah, that was really their. Kevin grew up really, in the test market for okay soda. I did. Soda. Yeah, I didn't realize that that wasn't oh. something that that existed outside of like what ten test cities or something like that. Shit, you know what I need to get is there was a Kool-Aid. There was an Atari game that I got Mm. for sending in a bunch of Kool-Aid container UPCs. That might be worth something. And it was a pretty... Well, I sold it years ago. But it's pretty good. It was a pretty fun game. So that was Kool-Aid. How many different like product tie-in games have been actually pretty good? Because there was that one. There was the the spot There was Cool Spot. spot. Although that wasn't an Atari game. Well, right. But I'm just thinking of other product tie-ins. Escape from Butcher Bay was pretty good. Custer's Last Stand. (laughs) Yeah. It's Custer's Revenge and also that. I don't know that that was a product tie-in for cactuses. For Custer brand mustard. Custer, Custer, mustard. Custer brand cactus ropes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this episode of Video Games Hot Dog is brought to you by Custer brand cactus ropes. 
Um, Zapcon was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't really play any video games. Really? Yeah, I was kind of just... Were you not at a video game and pinball convention? I was, but I was working. I was pacing back and forth yeah. between the upstairs and the downstairs, taking care of stuff for people. I a little bit of Atari, and I don't know. I, f- I feel like I ought to feel bad because it just did not hold my attention at all. It's like did I, you play Atari as a kid? No. Okay, mm-hmm. that's your problem. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't get those... Uh, don't have that nostalgia. Is that circuits that burned in your brain? Mm-hmm. Something that I found, like maybe 15 years ago, when I went through my uh, getting Atari shit from thrift stores phase, was that if you get a better controller, the games are a lot more pleasant. more tolerable. Huh. Like because Atari joysticks are really stiff and really uncomfortable to play for long periods of I was time. Getting, I was getting serious uh, Atari thumb. I did it a lot as a kid. You know, when I was more resilient. Um, my video game refractory period was much shorter. But I got these joysticks in like 2000 that were part of, I think, like a Sears Gemini system or something. And it was just a lot looser action on the joystick. And the it was kind of shaped like a remote control. I think it had the number pad that you could use for some Atari games. Like Star Raiders required both a joystick and a, and a keypad. Weird. Because it had a bunch of different things that you could do like it was i remember there being a game that my dad played called stellar track t-r-a-c-k which was an atari port of the not net track but just the trek like mainframe game okay right there's a listing of it in 101 basic computer games by david all uh, published by creative computing press which was a formative text of my youth. Two little spaceships and the gravity well in the middle. No, that this is this is actually more like a sort of a mud uh, Star Trek simulation where you've got uh, you've got like short range scanners that just show you the sector that you're in, and then you've got a galaxy map which shows you the 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 all of the sectors that exist. There's the star base where you can go to refuel and get more photon torpedoes, and then there are like. Kling, like you'll you'll see the number of Klingon ships in every sector, and your goal is to go kill them all before they make it to the starbase. Huh. But you like, you know, you choose a direction and a thrust, and then it moves you, and you have to not hit any asteroids, and you have to like not get killed by Klingons and stuff. It's just a really crude sort of. I mean, it's kind of roguelikey, I guess. It's turn-based movement and really quantized things in the environment uh but there was just an atari port of it Hmm. which i'm not entirely sure how they translated those controls to the way that you controlled it on the computer was by issuing like three letter commands so you would type like lrs and that would give you the long range sensor output and srs would show you the local map and then like i don't know wrp wkrp that would warp you to halifax (laughs) um but there was another there was a game called Star Voyager <laughs> Star Raiders. Star Raiders was the one that came with a keypad controller. So you would plug that into the second port and then you would use the joystick to like steer your ship and then you had a keypad to do other controls in the like sort of larger tactical view. And I think that these Gemini controllers had the keypad on them, but the button was on the side of the controller, so you just sort of held it like a you held it like a cell phone. 
and your thumb was the button and there was a joystick coming out of the top of it that was just a much hmm. easier action joystick. So you'd and stick so... The, the joystick into your ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, were, you wanted to, like the only person that was ever calling was a joystick. Right. And all they ever said was... <laughs> it was really annoying. Huh. Anyway, I didn't really play any arcade games and I didn't really play any pinball games. Oh. It was just... That sucks for you. Busy. I enjoyed finally getting to play... Um... Twilight Zone. Mm, the pinball yeah. game. Yeah. It's good. Pretty interesting. It's got that one weird ball invented yeah. by a mom. I got that as like my first ball and it kept sticking around because it kept serving it back to me whenever I like, you know, whenever I lost it, but I had like, you know, shoot again. It would just pop that one back in there. I played with that ceramic one for ages. It was weird. There's one ball that behaves differently than the others because it doesn't interact with any of the magnets on the play field. Yeah. And it, it also just lighter. bounces weird. Yeah, yeah, it goes a lot faster. Man, pinball's good. Yep. Pinball is more satisfying than video games on a immediate level, I think. Like a tactile. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. You, it it relies on physics, which is a thing which we all have a basic understanding of, mm-hmm. and you don't have to learn any new tropes necessarily. Plus, mechanical stuff is fun. It's fun when it's working. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I I I've, have been finding the pinball at Zapcon and similar places to be much more compelling than the old '80s video games. I keep finding new games that I had never seen before and playing them and enjoying these new experiences of old things, you know, like what did I play? I played um this says C notes in phone because I didn't have my notebook on me. Uh, oh, not like your phone is where you hit all the C notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, cuz it's like a $100 bill, right? Yeah, okay. Oh, I was assuming that it was just like details about things in the ocean uh Uh, so like middle c i played reactor um which is a game it's a trackball game you move your cursor around the screen there's like a all right i saw that there's sort of like a a growing like expanding core in the middle of the screen and there are walls sort of at a defined limit outside of that and then there are these weird little spark things that are moving around and trying they're trying to hit you and knock you into the wall which causes you to die you can touch the core but not a wall and you are trying to bounce them into the walls um i remember playing the atari version of reactor a lot oh, enjoying yeah. it but i don't i played the arcade version at california extreme a couple of years ago and didn't really it was didn't really get into interesting it. it wasn't like a great game it like if you play it's it long super enough, abstract, right? It I mean, is super it's... abstract. But it was it was compelling and I, I was enjoying it for a little bit and then the rules changed fundamentally after five or ten levels or something. And the the core was no longer a safe thing that you could butt up against. It was like a gravity well that if you got too close to it you got sucked in. And so then the game was much, much harder. But it wasn't expanding, so that made it just a totally different game. It was a weird concept, but it was like different and interesting in a way that I hadn't seen a, like a, one of those old games. Um, I, got, I played a game called Make Tracks, which is sort of on a Pac-Man-style maze grid. Um, but instead of trying to eat pellets or whatever, you are trying to lay down. You're like painting. Paint. Yeah. yeah. There are guys that are following you around, and there are a couple of regions where if you come at that from the right angle and you're heading towards 
a bad guy, you can run over them. But most of the time, if you come into contact with them, they kill you. And then they're like, at some point, it spawns a guy that starts leaving footprints on the ground. And those, even if you cover the whole map in your green paint, if there's footprints down, you have to like paint over those. And he's moving around randomly on the map. He's not really chasing you. So that's super annoying. Um, it was okay. Sort of, I feel like it was somebody trying to make a a new variant of Pac-Man that had slightly different mechanics. Uh, and then I played Lunar Rescue. I don't know if you seen if you saw that one. Yeah, that one's the weird one where it's like starts out as sort of a lunar lander where you're trying to yeah. avoid things and then use your thrusters to land softly. Yeah. And then once you land, it becomes all the asteroids turn into enemy ships, ships. and you have to fly yeah. up and shoot your way through them. It was sort of yeah. In my notes, I wrote down lunar lander meets ridiculous fishing so mm-hmm. you're 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 released from the sort of mothership at the top of the screen and you're avoiding like asteroids on your way down okay. and you land in one of three landing pads and then all of those asteroids clear away and it's like ships trying to shoot you from above and you're trying to blow up as many of them on your way back up to the ship as possible it was cool i liked it you had a fuel meter that you weren't really sure what it yeah, I, th- there was either some other control I just wasn't even aware of or something that didn't ever change. Yeah. Mm. Is that all you played there? That's pretty much all I played. I played you know a handful of other pinball games and a couple of other arcade games, but nothing. Oh, you were talking about Dragonfire. Yeah. Dragonfire is an Atari game that I had as a kid and I got really good at, and uh, then I'm not so good at it now. Yeah, I played a little bit of that one. You can jump while rough. ducking. That was a yeah, that was that. a real uh, innovation in platforming. <laughs> you can hop back into your little hideout. I yeah, that. I didn't know that. And so it's like two games. One, you're just running across a bridge, and there are fireballs that get shot out at two different levels, and so you have to duck under some and jump over others. And then once you're there, you get to the other end of the bridge, then you're in a room where it's like a top-down where you can move in four directions, and there's just right. treasures around. A lot of cool different sprites, like Bubble Bubble. Including in later levels some sweet, sweet animated harps. Yep. <laughs> but there is a dragon at the very bottom of the screen who's firing fireballs yeah. across the level. The, the the spaceship to your space invader. Yeah, you're sort of the space yeah, invader. You're trying to invade treasures. the dragon's space. Yeah. Take his horde of sweet, sweet, sweet animated harps. <laughs> those harps were those harps were inspiring to me as a kid. There were shiny like, goblets. Someday I'm going to make a video game with sweet, sweet, sweet animated harps. I think there were treasure chests. I never did. There were goblets. You still could. Yeah, you've got the power. That's true. Harp quest. Hmm. Hmm. Riff, you finished Dark Souls too. I did finish Dark Souls. I mean, basically finished Dark Souls. I did everything. Did, I, was I, I was I correct? Were you, was that the game you were playing when you're like, what? What the fuck? And then you like stopped playing. Was that I? I sort of heard you from probably. You're like, I, was that it or something? There was <laughs> there. Um, so I finished everything in Dark Souls Two that you are obligated to do if you want to go to New Game Plus, but okay. it doesn't force you to into New Game Plus. Okay. Right away. It just it gives you another menu option whenever you sit at the main campfire. Uh, so I have been like, I, I've been systematically doing, clearing the, the yeah. Entire well, game I've been out. doing all the stuff I would want to do before going to New Game Plus, so that when I eventually come back to Dark Souls Two again, I can just jump straight into New Game Plus. So I've been doing like the optional dungeons and the optional bosses and 
and getting a couple trophies that didn't seem out of reach and things like that. And and yeah, you probably heard me doing the the optional the op- the optional boss is uh there's three sort of very short uh dungeons where you have to uh they're they're very dark caverns and you have to beat the the four guys that are in there and light this huge torch and then jump through a particular hole in the ground. And once you've done all three of those uh, jumping through one of the holes takes you to the boss, and uh, I think probably what you what you heard was me dying to the boss the first time I saw him, and then discovering that you have to replay one of the levels again before uh, you can go back. So that was a little annoying. But how do you know which hole to jump into? It's got like a mist effect on it, and it's like the obvious end of the of the cave. But I uh, yet uh, did some of that. Um, I bought oh I bought this uh, I bought a book. Somebody uh, a guy on the uh, the Nomic game I've been playing recommended a book that's sort of like a, a tutorial stuff for cryptic crosswords. Oh, and uh, they had there is a reasonably priced used copy on Amazon, so I bought it and I got it today, and it came with this envelope taped to the cover of the book and inside this envelope was a five dollar bill and on the envelope it says congratulation ua 1a 30 percent of the book mountly giveaway enjoy (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so was five dollars 30 percent of them i guess that was i I guess that was a 30 percent of the book mountly okay (laughs) Do you think that's like sarcastic bad English or? I have no idea. I can't imagine somebody was running book... a bookstore. <laughs> was the book would... from the U.S.? Yeah. I mean, it would have to like. Why would anyone who did like that was a stamp that's cro- made up? Cryptic crosswords are so the English, British, yeah, right. But they're very much like English language. Like yeah, you're yeah. not going to get a like a Japanese scene. Right, right. For cryptic crosswords, and it, it was it was. I mean, the 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 Amazon dealer that I bought it from was located in the U.S. I forget where, but hmm. well, you got five dollars and a funny yeah paragraph. <laughs> so this is this is a printout from a piece of paper that yeah, makes that way more been, sense. That has been typed to the envelope. Okay, typed taped, taped. to the envelope. Yeah, that makes more sense. Oh man, did you guys see that Kickstarter for the tiny little robot that crawls around and does inkjet printing on a surface? No. no. Yeah, it's like a it's like Bluetooth. logo. Yeah, like a Bluetooth vandal. No, you just send it a you send it an image and it just prints it, but it'll print it on whatever you set the robot on. That's pretty. cool. It's like a little autonomous. So it's thing. like a little logo turtle. You could like print on it. It's. Yeah. Okay. I guess if right? like if you could say, "Hey logo turtle, print this document and none of the other commands that you can issue to a logo turtle." How so, how big an image can you define? Pin down. Uh, like could you use it to very slowly print an entire poster? Probably. That's kind of cool. The registration I think would be an issue. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And the ink supply. I'm I'm, I'm imagining a okay. couple of like it serious says that problems. It's a lot of ink. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to say? Right. I didn't buy one. It's like they want like 300 bucks for one. Oh, yeah. Could you print on an egg? For me. How small is this robot? I doubt it. 
It's they already have egg printers anyway. Yeah, that, yeah. those, but they're terrible. Oh, are they? They're pretty bad. We bought one for Roy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Did he make shitty eggs? I don't know. Okay. How do you know they're bad? I spent a lot of time testing it, trying to get it to work. Oh. I wanted to like be like, happy birthday, Roy. And I couldn't even get it to be that creepy. <laughs> you wanted to you wanted to print happy birthday, Roy, on an egg, like which you would then throw at him. Letters. <laughs> yeah. Happy <Yeah>. birthday. <laughs> Love salad fingers. Um, anything else, Riff? Um, I feel like I played something, but I can't think of what it would have been. Hearthstone came out for the iPad, but I haven't played it yet. I'm excited about the single-player content. That yeah, they that sounds intriguing. What is that? Tell me more. They're uh, doing, they it's are like doing a, a Naxxramas. Yeah, Hearthstone version of Naxxramas. Where you fight against, you play matches against a series of opponents that are like new guys with new abilities and new cards. Okay. And you earn cards for oh. beating them, which are just like, it's like an expansion to the number of cards that you get. And cool. I think they, they charge for every chapter of it. But you can also pay yeah. I think gold like first to do it. the first branch of the thing was for free, and then other ones cost either real money or fake money. Depending. Man, I would new mechanics and stuff. I would spend ten bucks a month on Hearthstone if it was like against cool AIs with interesting strategies that you had to adapt to. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing in different classes yeah. for having strengths against the stuff that the that the AI was doing, and then just get cool new flavor cards. Yeah, like, stuff like like the like the, the dungeon decks they had for the for the physical card game the raid I never decks played any of those I never did either but I own a couple they, but they're, yeah they were cool, cool to, they were yeah. cool to flip through yeah we should play some Pathfinder in the next day before I leave town yeah I mean we have a copy in San Francisco oh, okay that's true so you and I could you and I could path bro and you and Riff could path bro the next week I guess we could. But Riff's already too high a level. <laughs> I'll just be holding him back. Be like, I want to stay here and kill these weak Wait, skeletons. Oh, and he'll be you? like, no, I want to kill strong skeletons. <laughs> Have you played through a bunch of this? Yeah, I've I played through a bunch of it solo. I see. You could make a new character. Mm, I could. Does that work, though? Do you... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you don't, can have up to like four characters. You don't pull cards out of the dungeon decks I that mean, become part of you? Um. I think you, you do. do, but there are enough decks supplied that you can you could potentially have like four player decks going at the same time. Yeah. No, but I'm saying that you haven't like if you, you have like, changed. You, it would not be the same experience, right? But I'm saying like if the thing that you get for finishing the first dungeon is like mm-hmm. a cool spear, and now that cool spear is in your you know your gypsy warrior deck or whatever. You don't, that spear it, my understanding won't be is there. that you don't get gear rewards. You, you get like yeah, character points. Mostly you do, but at the end of at the end of like a cuz like each deck has like I think like six adventures in it and the last one you do get oh. actual gear cards. Interesting. But they have to have enough for to support at least four players, right? Like uh, it's actually just like one. I think but because multiple copies of it? Nope. How the hell does that get divided amongst a party? I think just negotiation and trading. Wow. Beatings. Yeah. yeah. And whoever, you know, whoever that card happens to be the best for. Ugh. Well. Is that all you played? That's all I, I can think of, yeah. I played a 
game that's turns out like a modern successor to Master of Magic. Oh yeah, called I think it's called Warlock Two colon The Exile, or maybe The Exiled, or maybe just Exiled. A machine for exiles. Yeah, um, it's janky. I wish that I wish that a team that was capable of making like a solid feeling polished game with a well tested UI would make a game like Master of Magic. Because Master Magic was real good, and it was real easy to tell what was going on all the time. The thing that drives me nuts about this game, this is so petty, but when you have a unit and you attack another unit on the map, you see all of the animations play, and you see all the damage happen, and then like two or three seconds later, the enemy's hit point bar updates. Hmm. And it drives me fucking crazy to like not, I see this thing, oh, okay, 14, 14. I don't know how many hit points they had, but how much of their, oh, it was like two thirds of their health, apparently. Every single time anything happens in the game. That delay on the update of that hit point bar, Sid Meier would never let something like that happen. <laughs> it's a fun game. Uh, it's like a hex based. It also has this thing that I really so like. you cast a bunch of hexes? You do. It is the world map is divided discreetly into these sort of like different planes of existence, which are kind of floating islands of different biomes. And there are fixed entry points. There are portal squares or hexes that like you put a unit there and then you can decide whether you want to go through the portal to one of the other islands. And so if it wasn't for the fact that random events will sometimes just spawn enemies to attack your cities and stuff, which is a little aggravating, uh, it would be a lot easier to just sort of like, well, I've got this place defended because there's only one point of ingress for my opponents, which is true of other wizards, I think, unless they summon a dude into you. I really like civilization-style games, but I really don't like fighting against other massive armies. I like, uh, you know, I like going for a cultural or a science victory in a game like that. I really don't like full-scale war. I don't mind having to fight off bandits, and I don't mind doing because they're defensive iso- isolated events. Or I don't, I don't know why. I don't like having to. You don't like to have to control a bunch of dudes. Yeah, I don't like having to spend a bunch of resources making it so I have ten guys that I have to issue commands to, right. most of which are not accomplishing anything on a given turn. So I'm just paying to have them. Right. I like having one unit that is my guy that I go around killing everybody with, which is why I sort of liked in Master of Magic just having like one hero or two heroes in a stack with some support units and just go and do everything with that one big powerful army. I kind of enjoy blowing stuff up, doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. Violence and war. <laughs> what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Hmm? (laughs) Do you need me to say it again? I do. (laughs) Good God, y'all. I also played... uh... Ah, fuck. I wrote it all down. Where did you write it down? uh, On a post-it note on my desk at my house. Hmm. I'm trying to imagine it. It's pink. Your house is? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something happened. Weird. It was gone. Uh, it says, Sunburn. 
It says Warlock 2. Yeah. Wait, is it Warlock 2? Now I'm suddenly not even confident that the game is called Warlock 2. <laughs> I think it's called Warlock 2. The, <laughs> you like research spells. You know, and you cast them like a fireball on some spiders. Cool. You take over a city on a dead world, and then you can build a thing, and it's like, do you want to make some skeleton archers? And I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. I want to make some skeleton archers. That's the only thing I ever want to do. Wait, Yoga. what? I thought you wanted to defeat a skeleton to get a sweet sword. Yeah, they can have a sword. It's like in a bag. They're not using it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody accidentally put an arrow in their quiver. Skeletons are real stupid. I mean a sword. Oh. Shit. <laughs> I'm real stupid. Somebody actually, somebody put a sword in the skeleton's skeleton quiver. In okay. That's true. Um, and there's accidentally a sword in the skeleton inside me's quiver. <laughs> the skeleton inside me quivers as he realizes one of his arrows is actually a sword. Um, I played two other video games. I have continued to play a couple of video games. I continue to play Amber Halls. Yeah, how's that? Uh, I've been playing the daily challenge, basically, or the daily quest, or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, and I, I finally got a perfect score, and and survived the ten room dungeon, which was cool. Oh, I finally got fifth place on the leaderboard one oh, yeah? day. <laughs> yeah. So I appeared, but it was only like a couple hours after the daily had started so uh, my fame was fleeting i feel I, I feel like there are probably not a ton of people playing it no because the leaderboards are not particularly dynamic um but uh what else i've continued to play mercenary kings hmm. still like i'll just play through like one rank at a time takes like an hour hour still and a half jumping out of sand yeah <laughs> uh what else? Oh, I played. Uh, I played a, the the earliest possible alpha of. Well, that's not. It's totally not the earliest possible alpha of um, Heat Signature. Yeah, I played some of that too. Uh, Tom Tom Francis's game that he's working on. Yeah, it's got a lot of potential. Yeah, I am super curious what where it's going to go because it's. You fly spaceships. You fly a little spaceship around, and then you dock with other spaceships, and you sneak on, and you get some satisfying punching noises when you punch dudes. Yeah. You, you can, can sit in their dudes. you can sit in their chair and fire their gun or sh- fly their ship. Get spaceships all pissed off at each other. Hmm. I couldn't. I could not get the ships to interact with each other. The big ships. Hmm. Now I, if you shoot, I shot little ships. Just nothing happened. Huh? Did they? Would they fire back? Yeah. Oh. Huh. I guess the small ships I was hitting didn't, didn't have any guns. Anyway, that's cool. fun. Yeah. I played. A Kickstarter game that was that backed, finally that delivered like. that I backed that I didn't like. Yeah. yeah. It is Infinite Space yes. 3 Sea of Stars, uh, which is a the sequel to Weird World's Return to Infinite Space, which is the sequel to Strange Adventures in Infinite Space. The first two were... The second one was very much just building on the first one, which was a sort of a two-dimensional, you move around, you get a galaxy of stars, and then you can... You have a fixed amount of time, and moving from star to star takes an amount of time. And then, like, an event happens. Maybe it's a fight with another ship. Maybe it's, like, you find this object. You know, you find these traders, and they'll trade you a thing for another thing. And maybe you can upgrade your ship or whatever. And it was very, very coarse granularity space roguelike. But it was fun, and I played a bunch of it. And I was excited when I saw Kickstarter for a new version of it. But the star map has moved to a three-dimensional space. That's rough. And it is 
just impossible for me to really know where I've been or where I'm trying to get to or how far anything is from anything else. And there's also like a lot of what you had to do was decide whether you were going to fly through nebulas or not because it was really slow unless you had like a certain kind of engine, in which case it was like fast, but being outside of nebulas wasn't super fast and stuff like that. But in the 3D visualization, it is impossible to tell whether a line between two stars is going to intersect with a nebula or not. Like they've sacrificed Hmm. clarity for like visual impressiveness. This is super early on though, right? They might change I don't know. I mean, I don't that. think they're going to change that. If, it, the, if all the feedback they get is this is impenetrable. I haven't given them any feedback. Like I, I don't want to just say like, yeah, wow, I don't like this at all. Give them, don't give them ideas of how to change it. Just tell them what your problems are, right? Like, the player is always right in the problems that they encounter, not necessarily in the way to solve them. Right? Well, the player is always right about their own experience, right? Sure. And but what if my experience is... is that I'm a stupid baby who's also a butthole? <laughs> You're a baby butthole? That's what I feel like. I okay. feel like a baby butthole. <laughs> um, God damn it. There was a third thing I played, and it had a real short name. Like baby butthole? No, that's a long name. Oh, even shorter than that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's longer than Zelda. Fez. Okay. Mm. Uh, is there one shorter than Fez? There's got to be. E.T.? Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. I did play some E.T. My game is still hard. It's underrated. It's, well, no, it's unfairly maligned. Yeah, I, 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 I noticed that kid trying to tell you that E.T. was actually literally impossible to win. Mm-hmm. That kid. Huh. That kid was tricking people into playing the Ghostbusters game for the 2600, which they apparently ported to the 2600, which I didn't know. And then he was like, no, believe me, I know. It's I saw the angry video game nerd talk about I'm like, you know what? The angry video game nerd is inappropriate for someone your age. And he said, oh, believe me, trust me, I know. I'm like, man, that kid is, that kid's got a rap. That kid's got, that kid's got phrases that he uses to try to be charismatic. And I don't like that kid. I don't, I don't mind that kid. I'm sure I was way more obnoxious when I was that kid. He's like, trust me, I know. It was my brother watching it, not me. Likely story. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, kids growing up watching angry YouTube video game nerds. Yeah, that, that doesn't seem like a good recipe. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. It Like, I do you guys like the angry... Yeah. I mean, I, I watched him when he was the angry, was the angry Nintendo nerd. I mean, I like the stuff that he covers, and I like the, I I like his take on it. I don't care for the shtick, right? Exactly, you know, yeah. like it's a little. I you know I feel like like Wesley Willis talking about a gorilla's butthole like came came at that gorilla butthole from a more honest place. <laughs> Um, but it, it it always just reminded me of like somebody making fun of Wesley Willis to say that a video game was bad, and I didn't like it. But I did like the stuff about the video games because a lot of those games, like a lot of the old Nintendo games that were just awful, are games that I played when I was a kid, and I like had the sense that they were bad, but I. I didn't really have the vocabulary to articulate it, and I hadn't thought about them in a really long time. Like the fucking Karate Kid NES game was just—it was just a mess. And it's like, well, it's a game about 
kicking dudes, and I like that. And it's a game about Karate Kid, and I like that. And it stars Ralph Macchio. I like that, I guess. <laughs> but it just wasn't a very good game. That said, the Jaws game, I, I, I had this one friend who had, a, like, for whatever reason, he just had the worst Nintendo games. Like, he had the Karate Kid, he had Spelunker, which was just not a good game at all. But then he had Jaws, which is widely derided as being a not very good Nintendo game, but I kind of liked it. It was, it had the the sort of scope of maybe two Atari games. There wasn't Mm. as much going on as there should have been for an NES game, but it was fun. Like, you could just play it, and you'd make some progress, and you'd kill the shark, and then the game would be over. And it would, you know, it took maybe 20 minutes to beat if you were good at it. And I think that's fine. We should play that for an assignment sometime. Sure. You you uh, grind a lot of conch shells. <laughs> Did you guys see any news that caught your eye? Yeah. You're sad about I am. Norwegians. Icelanders. Icelandics. What? what happened? <laughs> they canceled the Worlds of Darkness MMO. Oh, right. Um, see about that. So I guess they've been working on it for six years, yeah, seven for a years, long time. and they just were not happy with how it was going. Hmm. They kept reducing the team size from time to time, but well, that's not. Yeah, it was not. It's not promising, but yeah. they couldn't. They couldn't salvage the what they had done. I mean, they had a really pretty world engine that you could wander around in, but. I guess they just couldn't come up with enough. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know where the failings were. They weren't. They haven't been super forthcoming about what is it, going on. It's really hard to imagine a game really capturing that. You know, I mean, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines sort of got the vibe of that world, mm-hmm. but I don't. Like, I cannot imagine an MMO of that, Hmm. right? Like, it seems like it would need a lot of player-to-player political systems and stuff, but then that would just suck in practice. Like, everyone playing it would have to be, like, a drama nerd instead of a video game nerd, and it's an MMO, so it's for video game nerds. I think it would depend on whether the players were the political actors or whether there was some kind of NPC structure that was always the hierarchy that you were interacting with. I mean, there really can't be like a kill 10 rats quest in it. Yeah, right. There so there's could a, be, I mean, there's, there's a lot of combat and that seems like it's especially hard like to shoehorn something games. like that into a thing that's like set in the real world. You know, the real world, which is full of vampires and werewolves and mages and changelings and wraith mummies, ghosts, basically. Wraith, the oblivion, the oblivion. God, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, white wolf. What, mage, the ascension, werewolf, the apocalypse or something? Mm-hmm. The oblivion, the oblivion. That's not even a fucking. Phrase. The oblivion? Yeah, the oblivion. I mean, wraith, I think. The oblivion. I think it. It is a noun, so you can have a V version of it, right? Mm-hmm. The pickles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Bring me ten cans of the pickles. 
Yeah, like not knowing exactly how it was falling apart is sad because there's got to be some solution, right? There's got to be some way. So, I mean, the secret world, it's similar thematically, right? You are not but politically machinating. That's true. Against, especially against well, I mean, you theoretically are, Like you're one of the Illuminati. Right. You choose the Illuminati, but right? But you, how like, much individual like liberty do you have to do stuff? And also, I'm guessing that just like other... Just like Eve Online and sort of the CCP ethos, like they wanted it to all be on one server. Yeah, I mean that that would be fine. It's just like I feel like in Eve Online, there they can just fill space with shit to do. Right, right. That is important, but like a big clan of vampires living in a mansion, vying for political power for LA. They don't need guys to go out and collect herbs for them and stuff right they don't like oh go mine this asteroid on rodeo drive <laughs> right they I mean, could what, need spell like, reagents they could need yeah but you don't like there isn't they can't they, they can't create environments for you to go in and do video gamey shit because the world would have to be crazy and if the world is crazy then it no longer is in the real world right which it, like so eve online there is you know asteroid farming and that kind of stuff but a lot of the game to a lot of people is all the weird political machinations and that's all driven by players right so there has to be some level of systems that you could build into the game where you know the day-to-day activities aren't necessarily what's compelling it's the it's what's happening in the machinations between other players. That's... Well, right, but the day-to-day. What my point is that the day-to-day activities are still a thing that you have to do, right? Like I don't know if people tend to when they play Eve just sit in their ship, not going anywhere. That seems like even if they're be... going somewhere, doesn't it take like several hours to get from place to place? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of. But I mean, you don't like the the thing is, you can have an hour waiting. trip in space and you've had to render nothing you can't have an hour trip across a city on an mmo server without rendering an hour's worth of city to walk through and then it's like why wouldn't you just drive oh right well because this is an mmo and the cars are a hassle like oh there's a puff of smoke and i turned into a car like <laughs> so much of the way that mmos work aware would just be such bullshit if you tried to put it in anything like the real world I guess that's true. I forgot that, like, the mount animation in World of Warcraft is just like a kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah, like, they didn't do mounts in the secret world. They just, you just got to where you could run faster and faster as you leveled up. Huh. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, you're, you know, you get more dots in celerity, whatever. But, like, yeah, I don't know, man. MMOs are hard, and they're not really hard for a lot of good reasons. And if the environment is not fantastical, you lose a lot of your ability to make excuses for the dumb shit that needs to happen Except moment to moment the, the, for it to be a video it's a world, game. But it's a world of magic, so they could have figured that out, right? It's, it doesn't have to be all... It's like every house is haunted, so you can always just go kill ten ghosts. No, but you could kill werewolves a lot if you were playing as the vampires, or you could go and you could drain 30 bums yeah there's like in the gross in the role-playing game there were factions of vampires that players never 
got to there were just bad guys yeah there's just bad guys right like that's just the idea there's the like the sort of like mysterious antediluvians that like are theoretically doing stuff in behind the scenes and you never get to interact with them but they're potentially determining your fate fate and stuff like that and in in mage there were the technocracy or whatever that were the the mages that made most people believe that science was actually just physics right because the way that magic works the more people that believe something the stronger the magic is Mm -hmm. um so sort of like the car guy in american gods yeah um I guess what I'm saying is, like, in a world of Warcraft, it makes sense that you have this city, and then this whole region in between this city and this other city is overrun with gnolls, mm-hmm. right? What doesn't make sense is that the entire neighborhood of Los Angeles between this vampire enclave and this other vampire enclave is overrun with werewolves because people would fucking notice that shit. <laughs> like if you couldn't, like the game, if you can the game walk, has ex- like explanations for that kind of stuff, but right, but it, not in the context of a video game. It, like so, like you cannot walk from Stormwind to Lakeshire without fighting a bunch of gnolls and shit. If in the world of darkness MMO, you could not walk from like downtown LA to whatever vampire mansion in the Hills without killing a hundred werewolves. The world wouldn't make any sense, but it just, it would be a shitty video game. It could be just gang members, muggers. Yeah. But that's also just not a, like, Oh, we're, it's yeah, very it's important that we much, conceal yeah. our powers from the world. Try not to kill a hundred dudes <laughs> on your way from this one town to a, like using magic vampire powers well, with flashy particle it, effects. A way that the game could could deal with that is if you start killing random people in supernatural ways, the game could just send ever more powerful vampires to kick your ass. Right? Like So it's an MMO where killing mobs. Well what we're killing the in, wrong mobs. Yeah. We're killing them in ways that it was, that it's obvious that it wasn't a natural death. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, it is very very difficult I, to yes. describe this game in a way that sounds like it's any fun okay. at all. Is what I'm saying. And so it's it, like it's not a fun game for you, but it'd be a fun game for vampires. And what do they have to do during the day? <laughs> I sure sure. That's so, that's who I'm really that's who I'm really sad for. I mean, they do sleep, right? You never you never hear about like the vampire who's like there in his coffin with an iPad. <laughs> Attached to the lid of the coffin, just up all night watching movies, up all day watching movies. Yep. Does the does the UV component of iPad screen light? I mean, it fucks up our sleep schedules and stuff, right? Like that's what's wrong with us. That's what's wrong with kids today in our modern society. Too many screens. screens at night. That's why we have to take melatonin supplements just so that we can get up earlier and drink a bunch of coffee, just so we can take a bunch of muscle relaxers with our lunch. It takes a methamphetamine at tea. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah, kids, that is that is a, a mess with kids today. Busy day. <laughs> so that's the news. Unless anybody else has any news, that's the only that's the only thing that happened in yep. the world of any note. Hey, this assignment, but buzzle bobble, <laughs> bubble bubble. But, 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 but. I enjoy, I enjoy puzzle bobble. Pon, you mean puzzle de pawn? Pawn being the sound. Why do the bubbles, bubbles go make. pawn? 
because that's this that's onomatopoeia for pup. Okay. Pun. This game has a lot going on in it, but it is poorly explained and kind of poorly executed. Yeah. Mm. Like it is a bunch yeah. of parts that add up to less than their sum. Okay. In my estimation. I was super confused early on about why you can jump up and pass through a platform, but you can't pass through a platform to the right or left. Right? Does that make sense? Does does that like weird sort of mental can, disparity? Yeah, you can pass through a platform that is one brick. No, you can pass through a platform that is arbitrarily thick. Well, but you can't stand on it unless it is one brick. You can stand sort on it as long, if if there is a gap. If you can jump up through to the point where there is a an air gap. Oh, can you? Can your head yeah. be in a platform like if you it's can jump brick, through blank, a three brick. a three or four thick brick section as long as there is an air gap above three or four it. Four thick brick section. Yeah. Uh, but you cannot pass through bricks if you if you hit them from the side, but you can if you yeah. hit them from below. I hacked Mame to give me infinite lives. Oh. And, I mean, I didn't hack it. Like, I, I totally had Trinity call in to the mainframe. Hmm. Uh, oh, I was playing the NES version. I just installed a cheat code. What? Yeah. No. Uh, Mame. And I, I got infinite lives, but then I just got to level 35, which is the first one where you have to know how to jump on top of bubbles to go up. Was that and before? I did that was, not learn. That was how to after the level where you couldn't actually ever get to the enemies. You had to use the lightning bubbles. I mm-hmm. did that without really understanding okay. what was happening. Yeah. Why are there green and blue bubbles? Well, because it's a two player game. Right. But there, I was only playing at one player. So what but is the it? blue bubbles are for the second player. But can you not interact with them? You can. They just go the other direction. I see. There are some weird multicolored bubbles that have water in them. Yeah, and then that creates a easy way to get down real fast. Yeah. If you can do it, and on you can kill enemies with the water sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes bubbles have fire in them, and fire seems yeah. to be like quicksand. It doesn't kill you. It just it makes kills you enemies, go real though. slow. Oh, does it? Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes uh, you can spell extend. Yep. Yeah, and then it warps you. If you get all of extend, level. it warps you to a crazy level that's all cookies. It's just like flowers. But you don't actually get to pick up any of the cookies. Every once in a while, it turns the level into a thing where there's a whole bunch of cookies, and then if you pick them all up, you get 10,000 points. 100,000. Mm. Oh. On the NES, it just gives you an extra life. Mm. Well, extend, no, extend gives you the extra life, but. The other thing, that's something else that does the little mini game. Oh, okay. And I don't know what that is. If, like, the timer matches the last two digits of your score when you kill the last enemy, every bubble on the screen turns into a power-up. Oh. And what power-up it turns... Well, not a power-up, an item. There are, like, a thousand different (sighs) items, and four of them are power-ups, and the rest of them are just just, items that are worth a different number of points. They're just food. They're not differentiated at all. There's the fucking McDonald's french fries, but it's with a W instead of an M. McDonald's. McDonald's. Okay. There's a burger. There's a flan. There's a bananas. A lot of peaches. There's a lot of fruit. A lot of fruit. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of fruit, but that's, that's, you know, very video game. Yeah. Or at least it used to be. It's not so much anymore. Maybe so, there should be a fruit revival. You are theoretically capable of jumping on the top of a bubble to to get higher up on the level. Mm-hmm. But that is that concept is really easy to say and then extremely fucking difficult to execute. I would say 
Seven times out of ten, when I would try to jump on a bubble, it would just fucking pop. And then when I would finally be able to get to jump on it, the the likelihood that I would be able to continue jumping on it while it was continuing to rise to the point where I could actually get somewhere was super fucking low. It's more forgiving than you think it is, but... It was not... You can jump earlier than you think, right? Like, that's the... You, you almost never pop the bubble because you jump too early because jumping too early usually works. The thing that drove me crazy was like how much time it took to like turn around and start going the other direction. And like, like <sighs> the jump physics were just sluggish and there was a level in, I think it was the early thirties where there were just a bunch of vertical shafts. And if you fell yeah, in one, you, you, in you one, just had to wait, fight, fucking wait for the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. That like, is Bullshit. It's not wide enough for you to blow a single bubble yet. That yeah. level, that level that was, fucking sucked. That pissed me off a lot. That ghost is total spelunky. Like time <laughs> runs out and then this ghost comes, kills you, but you can avoid it if you want to. Like that's total spelunky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, this game is well regarded and I don't really understand why because yeah. I don't think that it is a very good game. I mean, game. it was cute, but I didn't find it fun. It's cute. The music is catchy. Yeah. It has a lot of different sprites. There's a lot yeah. of different systems to it, right? There's there's a lot going on. The boss at the end is fucking absurd. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't get to a boss, but I don't remember ever seeing anything about it. He's like a giant elf that's like four sprites by four sprites and throws massive piles of potions at you and you have to use you you can pick up a potion that let that turns all your bubbles into those electric bubbles hmm. and so you're blowing bubbles and throwing lightning bolts at him but he's got like a zillion hit points one time i got a really really big watermelon yeah i got a couple of giant sometimes fruits. it just doubles the sprite sizes and you get extra points or something i, I don't know, know. it is so opaque i only spent maybe an hour playing it and was just kind of done with it yep i i just didn't care enough i mean it does it does have that sort of mystery aspect that early video games had i just don't know that it necessarily pays off and it doesn't reveal itself very capably right and so i can imagine it being exciting to like talk to a kid on the playground and say oh yeah if the timer matches your score when you pop the last enemy then all of the bubbles turn into this thing and that's the thing that you you know like it's one thing for like oh the bonus point fireworks from super mario to work through this weird opaque system that you can then find out about and it's and it's a crazy secret but for like just fundamental things about the game yeah like how to get power-ups to appear and stuff yeah, be... when I had bubbles that shot faster and farther for a while, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But that lasted for 30 seconds until I accidentally got hit. Like and every then once like, in a while, you get a thing that makes you shoot fireballs instead of bubbles. But that Whoa. apparently, according to this fact that I read, there is what appears to be a bug in the code that makes that happen. When some event is triggered one out of every 4096 times. So a lot of times you'll just play for a really long time and it will never happen. Whoa. Like, yeah, it's. <sighs> Puzzle Bobble is so much better of a game than this. Yeah. It's. It, it seems weird that it's a sequel, even. Is it a sequel or is it just another game? Yeah, I mean, it's the same game characters the, and they both have the bubbles. In the same world. I guess Pang also had bubbles. Pang? 
Yeah, that is a game with a lot of different names. I want to say that maybe Super Buster Brothers was one name that they tried to give it. Okay. When I when they had it at the Walmart when I was a kid, it was it was just called Super Pang, I think. Uh, you're a guy running along the bottom of the screen, and you have like a sort of a really slow moving grappling hook spear thing, and there's these bubbles bouncing, and it works kind of like asteroids. Like you shoot your spear, and if it hits a bubble, it breaks into two medium bubbles, and then you hit those, and it breaks into two small bubbles, and then you hit those, and it wins. But then there's like power-ups that you can get. It's the way the platforming works. You can't jump, but it's sort of there are ladders, and it's it's evocative of Bubble Bubble, because there's a lot of bubbles. A lot of bubbles? Yeah. Um... Yeah, man, I don't eh, I don't know. I felt like I was missing something, but I don't think that I was missing something. I think that I just played this game and thought, ah, this game's not very good. <laughs> and then later when people said it was good, I was like, I think they're wrong. And then it turns out that I was right. I'm, and I'm curious wrong. I'm curious to hear what people find in this game. Yeah, like if somebody a listener really likes bubble bobble, tell us why. Yeah, please. Tell us why we're wrong. What's our next assignment, fellers? I believe we're playing Banner Saga. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll play a Banner Saga. I don't know much about it. I've seen some art. It's like Fire Emblem, but with Vikings. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, these are not games that I traditionally enjoy, so we'll, I'm curious to see what it's like. Hey, do you guys want to do some listener's mail? Yeah. Sure. Mail from listeners. Uh, Sandwich Dew says, guys, for co-op multiplayer tabletop, check out Castle Panic. You have to fight off orcs and work with other players to keep those filthy orcs from before aching down your castle walls. Also, the expansion replaces the castle with a sweet wizard tower. Huh. So is it Wizard Tower Panic? That sounds that sounds good. I'll get that game. Castle Panic. Baron von Bick Penlord says, regarding Tom Robbins books, there is no such thing as another Tom Robbins book. All Tom Robbins books are functionally the same. That is not true at all. Uh, they have very consistent similar tones i guess but so one tom robbins book is about beats and a king uh being immortal and perfume Mm -hmm. and then another tom robbins book is about um matchbooks and addicts yeah people being locked in a pyramid yeah that was good um there are a lot of different tom robbins books and shut up, Baron von Big Penlord. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I love you, Baron von Big Penlord. My girlfriend recently purchased three unhusked ears of corn, writes Baron von Big Penlord. It seems to me that in April in New England is far too early to buy corn. Since your podcast is sponsored by corn, I'm curious as to how I can subtly advise my girlfriend to wait to buy corn. I would advise you to not advise your girlfriend to wait to buy corn, but instead to advise your girlfriend to buy corn early, often. And as much as possible. <laughs> what about just when it's too early to buy corn, buy some corn futures and then eat those right away. <laughs> corn futures. It's like a cereal. Yeah. Mm. Solve Omnis says, Zach has said that he doesn't like the build a base part of RTS game. So I highly recommend checking out, checking out Dragon Shard. It's cheap on GOG and low on boring. I only like the building a base part of RTS games. Yeah. I like building and defending a base. I don't like the deploying armies part. Ah, okay. I don't like the I was managing gonna, big groups I was of going dudes. to suggest 
myth the fallen lords then but that's mm. the opposite yeah because you don't ever build a base you just yeah. have like four dudes and someone's a fat guy that blows up and yep. yeah yeah that's that's the kind of thing i like i don't like resource management in a, in a game like that i just you... want to i want to march my march my dudes along and have them fight other dudes you would like the there is a series of warhammer 40k rts mm. games where you never control more than three or four guys. You just have like a sort of squad of dudes that you level up. Nice. And you like move them into cover and throw grenades and stuff, but it's but it's RTS. I think it's called Dawn of War. Okay. I think you would like it. That sounds good. Elfin says, Zach mentioned reading The Night Circus. You might be interested in Fail Better Games' video game adaptation of it, nightcircus.storynexus.com. It gives you a slow drip of actions, but the cap is high so you can play once-ish a day without losing much. Huh. That's worth. Uh, that's worth checking out. I'll have to finish reading it first. It's so good. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Christina yeah. backslash says, are you having a good day? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, a pretty good day. Sure. We kind of got into a fight on the last podcast. We just argued. It's an old argument that we've had it many times before. I know. I, I don't feel extra exciting for our listeners. Yeah. I can't stay mad at you, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> Morgan Blair says, what happened to the delicious Cornish podcast? I turned over the record at the sound of the tone, but there was nothing there. Yeah, I'm sorry that it took so long to uh, edit and post this uh, last episode of Video Games Hot Dog. I got, I got sucked into an arcade hole. You would think that that would involve you playing a bunch of video games, no. but apparently not. The Grundle Shunt says... Hearthstone is releasing single-player content. What do the Hearthstoners among you guys think about it? I think we touched on this a little bit. I am excited <laughs> as fuck. I'm activating my Hearthstone to go to 420. Is that what you're doing? Oh, oh, a Hearthstoner. Gotcha. Gotcha. 420 is not a place. It's a time. Whatever, man. Space and time are the same thing. I considered when we had our meeting with the account manager from Amazon today, scheduling it so... He had to be on the phone at 420. Yeah, no, so that he had to be on the phone at 420 so I could say, oh, it's 420, guys. I got to go do something and then just hang up so that then the Amazon account rep would think that I was a huge stoner, even though I'm totally not. When, in fact, even if we had scheduled it for four, we would have been completely done with that complete fucking waste of time by 410. And then I would have been too angry to get high. Eh. It's hard for me to be angry. It's not at angry. It's just depressing. It's depressing. Business. It is depressing how many people's jobs are to just work all day and not accomplish anything of import or meaning. Yeah. <sighs> Man. He did send us a 94 page document to describe how to do something that should be simple. Yeah. It's cool. Every time we get a call from an account manager, from anywhere, any service that we use. They say, hey, wanted to set up some time next week to get on a conference call with you guys and just sort of introduce myself and see how we can better serve your needs. And every time I ignore them and then they try again and then I say, look, I don't really need anything. And I don't want to tell them the truth, which is that by the time we would talk to you about anything, you will not work here anymore (laughs) because no one ever does. Like, we have gotten dozens of emails from wide-eyed accountant managers who are being instructed to contact all of the people that they've been assigned to to see how they can better serve them. And within nine months, you will have either gotten a different job or they will have decided they don't need managers for these people's accounts I was going to say, we we had um, 
the we same had the one weapon. woman from PayPal for like for several years. Several years, yeah. But then I think she was either phased out or we were farmed out to a space team. Did did she ever do anything that helped us? <sighs> she hinted at a process that she could not tell us about one time that was good. <laughs> That was about the only time. Like she, sometimes, sometimes she, there would be information about a specific transaction that would very much help us determine whether we needed to do a thing or not. Yeah. But it was a violation of their privacy policies to actually reveal to us whether we needed to do this thing or not. Yeah. Uh, but I guess she would occasionally say, "Give us an oblique." I would recommend hint. doing this. Yeah. You know, couldn't hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ugh, God. You know what sucks about the world. Money and everything that has to do with money. <laughs> but I mean, except is, for like not starving and yeah, that's that's the thing. Like like having a roof over my head and like you know having food and clothes. Like I, so those things are useful. Everything everything money does that barter couldn't. A roof over my head and a roofie in every drink, <laughs> and a chicken pot pie in every garage. So riff, mm-hmm. you are drinking some sort of monster drink. I was drinking some sort of a... It looks like you're drinking out of a spray paint can. It what? does. It that's, does that's, kind of look like a spray paint but can. This is what I was going to ask, is I have never seen a an aluminum can with a twist-on Yeah, cap. the larger varieties of the Monster Energy beverages come with this weird can with a cap on it. This is That's not actually what is in here. I've just been reusing the can for flavored water. Okay. It is a super lightweight container. Yep. Interesting. Now I'm curious about the possibility of using that on a backpacking trip. Hmm. Mr. Nee says, can't recall which one of you mentioned Rick and Morty to, to Jick as something to watch, but did you know there's an online game of them? I've seen a Let's Play video where the first episode took about 20 minutes to complete, and there now appears to be three episodes. I think you guys will enjoy it as it refers to a lot of memes, etc. The link to the games are below. Don't have to read it out. Yeah, there's an Adult Swim video of it. Huh. We do like memes and etc., yep. I guess. I like Rick and Morty. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't entirely trust Game games based on a cartoon property on the internet. Yeah, but Adult Swim games are they generally are good? good? Yeah, okay. that's where they're like super farmed out though, right? Like they'll just get a bunch of indie. Yeah, studios. but they farm them out to people who know it. Like they, they're not just like the sort of shovelware that you would expect from a television studio. Like they, okay. they employ someone there who knows, knows what, they're what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, the like uh Mountain Maniac was an adult swim game, it was pretty good. Like that uh The unicorn that shot rainbows. The Velociraptor thing that those guys that were next to us at Indiecade who did Potato Man Seeks to the right. Truth. They had made a game an adult swim game. It was not off road raptor safari or whatever, because that was Flashbang that made that, but it was the other It wasn't Dino Dino Run. Run. Yeah, it was the one where you were the Raptor running. Was that a, from, the adult swim game? It was, yeah. Huh. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff that wasn't based on specific properties. Like, they just wanted to have some games. They also made Castle Doom Bad, which was like an okay iOS game. Okay. Um, unless I'm confusing that with something else. Mon- There's that Monsters Ate My Condo game, which they published, which was... <coughs> if you were just making up game titles, I, <laughs> I don't feel like you would be doing any worse, humor-wise. <clears throat> Midget Dragoon says, Is it indeed dangerous to go alone, and should I really be taking this? This mescaline? Fuck yeah. 
Old Jim Kenobi says, I listen to several other video game podcasts and many times hear game mechanics and game systems used interchangeably. I was wondering if there was a difference between the two in your opinion or if they end up being basically the same thing. Jonathan Blow says they are very different. I mean, the way that I use them is a little fungible at the edges. I was trying to think yeah. about this. like, So I think in like a bionic commando, the grappling hook is definitely a mechanic but it ties into a bunch of game systems. Yeah, and then but then like leveling up. Leveling up is a mechanic, but the things that you get for leveling up and the the hmm. the playground on which leveling up occurs is a system. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. depending on how you define leveling up. So I mean like experience points is a mechanic and not a system, I think, right? Like really? the, the, because it's like this is a number that goes up whenever you do a certain thing, right? And it's a very it's like a single input, single output, and there's not there isn't a a system of moving parts for it to interact with, right? Which is why it, there it it's, could be it, sure. And the, I mean, so I think the leveling system is a system, but experience points is a mechanic. Okay, like yeah, I don't hmm. know. So like a mechanic is an individual part of a system. Hit points is a mechanic. Weapons and damage are a system. Okay. Right, like the sure. the all of the things that interact with hit points are a system. But I, you know, I don't think about those distinctions when it really isn't important to distinguish as long as we're all we all understand what we're saying when we talk about stuff, right? I think a mechanic is a thing that you could probably distill down to a sentence and a system is potentially a ton of different interacting things that you would have to make a list of. Okay. That's what I would say. But I don't know nothing about nothing. Uh, Jay says, Zach mentioned playing Diablo 3's expansion a fair amount, not because it was fun, but because he was depressed. Playing grind-intensive games in times of depression. Why is that a thing, and should it be encouraged or discouraged? Well, I mean, I think that... I, I get into these, like, sort of listless moods sometimes where I keep like I know that I can't do any work because I'm like just burned out or tired or whatever but I will keep loading up a video game and not being satisfied with it and shutting it down and then going and doing something else for one minute and not enjoying Mm -hmm. that and then usually something that just has that kind of built in dopamine clutch mm-hmm. is what catches and then i will just keep doing that because it's like well this is a thing that will just make time go by until i'm tired enough to go to sleep it's a super like it's a super defined set of goals that you then fulfill and you get that well, it's like calculated to meet out rewards yeah. at, a, at a the most satisfying intervals right? right and so it's like going to keep you interested whether it's any good or not um you know, and that's what a lot of progression systems are about. Systems or mechanics? Mechanics. Systems. Okay. You know, like the loot. Item drop an is a individual, mechanic. An the individual loot. loot is a mechanic. Sure. It can be played by <laughs> the, a mechanic. A loot. Unless it's broken, in which case you need to take it to a loot smith. <laughs> anyway, I think that's why. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think things that are things that are just satisfying on an unconscious level 
a super base level are, are going to work no matter what kind of mood you're in. Mm -hmm. And whereas you might need to bring something to the table to enjoy a, a deeper game or, or just a, a more complex game, you don't have to bring anything with you to enjoy just like killing scorpions and skinning them for an hour in World of Warcraft because it's just kind of inherently satisfying and you don't really need to engage with it because it is it is hooking into you on a on a super low level and i think you know, that I think could actually a lot of people... be therapeutic too right because it's if you can get over a small depressive hump with with sort of a crutch like yeah, that yeah well doing that instead of like smoking crack yeah, right? or certainly or suicidal ideation or whatever you might do, right? Like yeah, you know, crack, suicide, <laughs> any of the vices. No, but I mean, we're talking about depression, right? Like you don't necessarily turn to crack cocaine when you're depressed. I mean, I mean, a lot of people drink when they're depressed. Sure. I mean, not that I wasn't also drinking a lot while I was playing a lot of Diablo three. I mean, it is also the thing that will convince some people that like MMOs are evil. Well, that, that's the thing, right? If, because if you can use it in short quantities or small quantities for for therapeutic effect that would be fine but when you then substitute actual real world meaningful interactions and accomplishments for these digital virtual ones that's when i think it becomes personally problematic yeah i mean if that's all you have yeah right if you get to yeah. the point where you're not doing anything except that just kind of baseline level of satisfaction and you're not actually seeking anything to make your life better you're not trying to figure out what the next thing is you're just going back to the same thing like i mean i feel like you had you had like a year probably two of that it wasn't solid i mean you would occasionally come out and do some work for a yeah. while i mean i would but i would have several month long binges of just playing world of warcraft you would sleep ten, and you would sleep and play World of Warcraft. Yeah, watch movies and stuff like that. But it was all, it was all very much living in my cave. Man, I I don't have the attention span for a movie when I'm uh, when I'm in a funk like that. Hmm. I don't even know that I can I can handle a TV show. I just Is your brain distracted? <laughs> Is your brain distracted? Is that the no, it's just even an hour and a half movie is too little of a it's too long term of a payoff mm -hmm. to overcome the malaise and the then going in a different direction novelty seeking. And I feel like, you know, I just fuck around on Reddit now. Hmm. Just scroll through and see an endless parade of new things of no value at all, but like it's satisfying like you know, I mean, I feel like it's satisfying in the same way that if you were just hooked up to a machine that made you happy, <laughs> right? It's not. Okay. It's the problem with utilitarianism from that point of view, right? Like if everybody could just plug into a machine that just kept them happy all the time, then that's probably the ideal world. <laughs> but no, you need struggle. You need struggle and unpleasantness to deal with in order to have meaningful experiences. That's what we're taught. Good old American work ethic. If you're not busting your ass, if it's if relationships are supposed to be hard, relationships are not supposed better, to be hard. Better yet, it's uh, mm -hmm. it's Protestant work yeah. ethic of predestination. It's like you your your future has already been decided, but the best way to get an idea of what that 
decision is is to have material success in in this realm right so that you can't take it with you (laughs) yeah no it's like so your children can afford a nicer bible than you have sure until the apocalypse when just after the apocalypse somehow a gang of motorcycle assholes manages to mobilize and destroy all but one bible yeah uh, Diabolico says, I just listened to the 4-7 radio show on the topic of player economy and games. Essay follows, delete if uninteresting. Uh, the mall is a central feature of KOL to me. I started playing KOL before I had ever played WoW, and I experienced no end of economic pain in WoW that would have been solved if the auction house were not a terrible crime against human decency. So that makes it very difficult for me to take this seriously. Yeah. The WoW auction house was great. The WoW auction house is fucking fantastic. So it's the, the best implementation of something like that that I've ever seen. The auction house model came to be at a time when eBay was the only functional online buyer-seller marketplace, and I can see why they thought it would be a good idea, but the nature of an open, nearly frictionless market with time-unlimited listing capability is far superior. Okay, so that's not true about eBay being the only functional online buyer-seller marketplace. Like, there was Half.com, which ultimately became a part of Amazon, which was exactly like the mall. Did did that become Amazon? I thought Half half was an eBay thing. Half.com, I thought, got bought by Amazon and became Amazon sellers. Or maybe it got by eBay and maybe it was eBay and... I don't remember now. Yeah. But you you very much could Mm. just list things for sale and ship them. Like, eBay was not the only way to buy and sell things between people on the internet so i like uh, anyway in a sense putting in a useful marketplace might hurt those games because it would let market forces expose their game for the uninteresting time-wasting engine it is by ranking the value of items based exclusively on the time cost of farming them i mean the mall does that with kol stuff it's just turn cost instead of real world time cost like there there is so much there is so much like internet bitterness about Wow and Diablo in this essay that it's that it's difficult to extract the points in it. I'm sorry, I'm being uncharitable here. D3 is far better off without their marketplace because D3 is a machine for generating non-fungible items with a high granularity quality slider. As a result, 90% of everything that ever drops is complete garbage when exposed to a market that provi- can provide gear in the top 10% at trivial expense, and the 10% of things that you get are that are worth a damn are probably good for someone else, not you. No, I definitely agree. That the situation with Diablo three, when it had in loot one point oh and the and the and the auction house, was not great, but <clears throat> I still think that the loss of that auction house was throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I, I mm, it's hard for me to say definitively because I, I I wonder what it would be like to have an auction house in loot two point but I think most of the problem with Loot 1.0 was Loot 1.0 and not the auction house. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, so I think you could have done some stuff with the auction house that eliminated some of those problems too. Like, mm-hmm. the the problem was that, like, the game was capable of generating an extremely large variety of things, and then all of them were for sale. And that shouldn't be yeah. that was yeah it was extremely difficult to parse <clears throat> plus the just generally well, the but fact I mean, it, that you could buy you could always get exactly what you wanted right mm-hmm. which is not yeah. the case in the wow auction house right. at all right because wow is not a machine for generating as many items as possible the way that diablo is like i feel mm-hmm. like maybe only legendaries should have been sellable 
at yeah. auction. Mo like the, only legendaries and commodities. The and fact that would have been fine. So much stuff that you want in in WoW is not at all tradable is is a huge difference. Between well, the but they I mean they 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 go back and forth on some of that stuff, right? Like a lot of the times there will be like something that you need at the high end that you have to get from a leather worker or whatever and they and they they yeah. go they For they, a while, they ease onto and ease off of that yeah. like on an expansion by expansion basis which is great yeah. right because then everybody gets to be pissed off at this yeah at, they at kind the of same they kind of times. alternate it'll be like yeah. tier 12 there'll be an equivalent leather worker pants but tier 13 all of it is raid gear and then tier 14 there's something you can get that's as good from a blacksmith and things like that something that so i do feel like like when tobold played kol he he like emailed me and said man i it kind of sucks that your economy just gets ruined by donating like the game economy gets so broken by donating because what he had done was he had donated sold a mr a for meat and then he was like now i can afford everything hmm. right the Which mall is not necessarily true he just not, didn't know that he, he didn't know that the things that are important to those optimizers are not things that you like what he was like what he saw was selling a mr a and having a mr a's worth of meat like quintupled his turn gen right, because he right. can suddenly buy the best food instead of farming the ingredients and selling it. Somebody still has to farm them and sell them, but because KOL's market is so unrestricted, there is a kind of a race to the bottom on some of that stuff, and it is very, very difficult for us to create things that are economically interesting in that, the middle that people get to range. interact with because like there's ultra rares but that's that is not something that you are likely to encounter as a player except and in it's like economy. not something that you can work towards doing on right. purpose like something that you can work towards doing on purpose and and then sell for meaningful amounts of meat it's it's tricky you know we we do it like we we pull it off every once in a while but what will also often happen is we will think oh we need to make this like fun and friendly for people but what that's going to do is result in all of the tradable things in it just being in the mall at mall minimum yeah what i wish that we had done was for thirty thousand meat you bought a mall store that could have 10 items in it and then for mm. another ninety thousand meat you could Add expand 10 more. 10 more and then for another three hundred thousand meat these are yeah. ridiculous i really wish that we had done that's that that's a really good idea yeah um but you know we can't do it now. But yeah. what that what that would have done is it would have priced the more. It would stop casual people from like, oh, I got thirty thousand meat. Now I'm going to dump everything that I own in the mall and yeah. thus make it so all of these goods. Like there's never anything interesting that happens at the low end, right? Because you can't compete with or meaningfully interact with what is effectively an infinite supply. And it would also be nice if we could. Have the auction hall take a cut. Photo proto neutron torpedoes had an interesting day. Today? No, just once. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like they're like we can create weird blips, but it's, we can. Do, and by but by doing that, what we, we also, do is we yeah. create hoarders. We do. Right. We make it so you never ever get rid of anything. I mean, which is fine because that controls the liquid meat supply a little bit. The fact that a lot of auto sell value doesn't get converted. Right. You know, it, it's. There is a perfect world in which there is a version of Diablo that has satisfying, 
loot drops from a single player standpoint and also has an interesting player economy. Like those things are not part and parcel of an overall bad system. It's just that the particular implementation of them created a lot of complaining. Mm -hmm. I didn't like after and I and I I told you I told you all that this was going to happen mm -hmm. listeners after the first couple hours of constantly getting upgrades from monsters that drop shit Diablo 3 is entirely back to the almost everything that drops I'm just going to vendor sell right I would vendor sell it instead of throwing it in the auction house other people would throw it in the auction house so I guess they did solve that problem hmm. but it's like I never get normal yellow items that are meaningful upgrades. All I am doing is hoping for a legendary to drop. So all they've done is, like, you know, borrow from Thursday to make something interesting happen on Wednesday. Like, it's... Hmm. It, it has kind of run... I mean, that you are getting legendaries that are tuned to your spec, which is interesting, I guess, but what I wish was happening is that legendaries dropped more frequently but required you to find someone who wanted them that they were good for right like i think what i kind of want is an auction house where only legendaries and gems are for sale like gems are a huge pain in the ass now because you can't just buy them from other people yeah right so they're crazy expensive they're they're this really really cost prohibitive to combine gems at this point, it's like hundreds of thousands of gold to get from what to combine the gems that drop just on the ground in mm -hmm. the expansion. It is hundreds of thousands of gold to combine those into the next tier up like from in the game itself. It costs yeah, yeah. Wow. That's always how that worked. I thought that they cut those costs way down, though. Uh, they might have at some point. I mean, because wow. they all it those those costs weren't acting as a meaningful control on the right. prices of the gems on the commodity market because higher level gems still dropped right. at higher difficulties. And I think that they, they've sort of like, okay, well, we solved that problem twice by making it so nothing higher than this category drops. And, you know, you know, it's, it's interesting, I guess, that there are tiers higher than the highest tier that drops and that they are pricey to get to. Mm -hmm. But they are so pricey that I cannot imagine ever really interacting with that system at this point. And probably somebody would say 200,000 gold is nothing. But like, you know, 200,000 gold took me a couple hours to get, so it was something like Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll check it out myself and see what I think. I've just recently finished Dark Souls 2, so it is getting time to uh, check out Diablo 3 expansion. You haven't played it at all? I I played the demo or whatever. Mm. But uh, I haven't. I haven't the played demo. That. I didn't know there was a demo. Or not, not so much the demo. I, I played. I played through uh, hard difficulty in between when they put in loot 2.0 and when oh. the expansion came out. So okay. Not exactly a demo, but. Um. What was I gonna say? There, I like. I do think that KOL's economy would be more interesting if it was a little more restricted. Um, but people respond very, very negatively to restrictions being added to a system that used to be more permissive. Um, yeah, I agree. 
I feel like there's a, there are a lot of things that would have been cool had we if we knew then what we know now, we would have changed I think the system a lot, but yeah, I mean of course we didn't. This is why we need to make a new MMO, a phone MMO with a simpler interface. This is why we need to make some kind of magic time travel brain drug that will let us know now what we would have only known in the future. That too. Guys, I've had a great time destroying all these Bibles with you <laughs> in our motorcycle asshole club. And I hope that we'll do it again real soon. Yeah. Let's do it uh, next week, even. You're going to be back in San Francisco and I'm going to miss you. I, I am. But then you'll be back in San Francisco the Not following week. riff. It's true. You can't have everything. Life is pain. It's yeah. It, <laughs> it is. You should uh, tweet us about your pain at VG Hot Dog, or perhaps email us about your pain at VG Hot Dog at gmail dot com, or you could just go to VideoGamesHotDog.com and uh, tell us all about your pain there. Or you could solve your pain at ibuprofen dot com. That's true. Good night, everyone. Have a great week, everybody. See you. Maybe the different fishing poles give you different kinds of jokes. <laughs>